Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, November 1st, and this is your FT News Briefing. Congress is moving forward with what could be a dramatic bout of open hearings and its impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. WeWork and its co-founder face discrimination allegations, shares in Pinterest tumble after the company missed quarterly revenue expectations, and Altria writes down the value of its vaping investment, Juul. Plus, the FT's David Crow explains why European banks are struggling to protect profits. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. This is a solemn occasion. Nobody, I doubt anybody in this place or anybody that you know comes to Congress to impeach the President of the United States. That was the U.S. Speaker of the House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, on Thursday. Her speech came right before Congress voted in favor of opening hearings as part of the impeachment inquiry into President Donald Trump. All but two Democrats voted for the measure, and Republicans voted against it. It allows the House Intelligence Committee to hold public hearings with witnesses who previously testified in private. This resolution ensures transparency, advancing public disclosure of deposition transcripts and outlining the procedures for the transfer of evidence to the Judiciary Committee to use in its proceedings. In the weeks leading up to Thursday, Republicans had called the impeachment inquiry illegitimate since it had proceeded without a full House vote. California Republican Representative Kevin McCarthy said the resolution was an attempt to undermine the 2016 and 2020 elections. Democrats are trying to impeach the president because they are scared they cannot defeat him at the ballot box. After the vote, Mr. Trump tweeted, quote, the greatest witch hunt in American history. WeWork and its co-founder Adam Newman discriminated against women, according to a formal complaint by Mr. Newman's former chief of staff. Medina Barty joined WeWork in 2014 and says she was fired in early October, the same week Mr. Newman stepped down as chief executive. The firing raised concerns that she had been replaced by a man while on maternity leave and was not given her former job back when she returned. Ms. Barty has asked the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunities Commission to bring a class action against the company. She's asking the EEOC to bring it on behalf of her and, quote, similarly situated female employees. In the charge, Ms. Barty claimed that a freewheeling culture of drinking and drugs created a, quote, sexually aggressive work environment. A spokesperson for the company said WeWork will defend itself against the claim and that it has no tolerance of discrimination of any kind. Shares in Pinterest were down as much as 20% on Thursday evening after the company posted third-quarter revenues that fell short of Wall Street expectations. The image search platform reported revenues that rose 47% in the quarter, but that still missed consensus forecasts. And active user numbers increased by 28% year-over-year to more than 322 million. But analysts note that U.S. sales growth and the amount of advertising revenue raked in from those users was disappointing. And e-cigarettes had once been championed as a safer alternative to traditional cigarettes. But U.S. medical experts have tied at least 30 deaths and more than 1,600 hospitalizations in the country to vaping-related illnesses. And now, tobacco group Altria has written down the value of its investment in e-cigarette startup Juul. 
Altria agreed to pay about $13 billion for a 35% stake in Juul last December. It's now written down that investment by more than a third. Altria said the decision to record the impairment was driven by a few things, including various e-vapor bans in certain U.S. cities, states, and some international markets. And here's a story you should know more about. There's been one overarching theme in the latest round of quarterly bank earnings. European lenders are struggling, especially when you compare them to their American counterparts. Now, there's already been a big divide between these two regions. Let's put it this way. A report from McKinsey said that for North American banks, the average return on equity was 16% last year. For banks in Western Europe, that number was 6.5%. But new revenue pressures could widen that gulf even further. The FT's banking editor, David Crow, explains. There are a variety of factors. The main one is that America is a very good banking market. The fees are higher. There is a a deep pool of potential clients, both on the retail and the commercial side, who all speak the same language. And so that's quite an easy environment in which to operate, whereas Europe obviously is a continent made up of a number of countries, depending on how, how you measure it, which speak different languages with different regulatory regimes, not much consolidation across the different countries. And so much harder to eke out good returns here. Additive to that is the economy, which is not doing very well in Europe. And supporting that is this ultra-loose monetary policy, negative interest rates. Negative interest rates make it very difficult for banks to generate a good return because they can't make a lot of money out of their core lending activities. So where did we see the biggest struggle this week in terms of earnings? Well, there are two sort of banks that sort of stand out. The first is Deutsche Bank. That's Germany's largest bank, who we know is having a hard time. They're in the middle of a a big restructuring. The unit that trades fixed income securities didn't do very well at all. It was down 13%, making it one of the worst uh, performers globally and in Europe. The other bank that sort of stands out, in a sense, is HSBC, because Although they are uh, technically a European bank, they have a a different footprint to most of the banks that we think of as being European. They are headquartered in the UK, which doesn't have negative interest rates. And they have a very big, very profitable business in Hong Kong and some good businesses in, in Asia more widely. And so one would imagine that they should be doing better. And yet they came out this week. They abandoned their profitability target. They announced uh, a big restructuring coming. They, too, have problems coming. And again, this, for them, this was a, a bet on interest rates gone wrong again. They are exposed to interest rates in Hong Kong, uh, which take their lead from interest rates in the U.S., and those are, are lower than have been hoped. So what does this mean for Outlook? With Draghi on his way out, Christine Lagarde takes over today at the helm. Um, what do the banks see going forward? I don't think much change in the near term, um, frankly. Most people think that Mario Draghi sort of cut rates again before he left because he wanted to sort of bequeath his successor, Christine Lagarde, a sort of easier ship to sail. It would have been much harder for her to come in than one of her first acts to have been to cut further into negative territory. 
But most people are expecting rates to stay there or some bears think that, that they could go even lower still. And so that leaves banks with that means they can't do very much on their top line, on their revenue side. So that forces them to go to costs. So we'll see more cost cutting, more job cuts. And there is a question now also about how much cutting is still left to do. Are banks already cut to the bone and can they even afford further job losses? So they're in a very tricky spot. And I think they're hoping that the regulators in Europe will come to their aid, maybe offer them some kind of relief on the amount of capital they have to hold and maybe also make it easier for them to merge with one another and to cut costs that way. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be keeping an eye on U.S. job numbers. They're expected to show a drop in October hiring compared to September. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Amy Keene and me, Mark Filipino. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also had help this week from Gavin Coleman and Michael Bruning. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.